It's Christmas in July, and it's Listener Request Week here on Kicking Out at Two. I'm your host, Dave Rosenbluth, and thank you all so very much for tuning in, checking us out, hitting play, pressing download, whatever you do to listen to this podcast. I thank you all so very much for doing that. And uh, we got a fun show planned for you this week. Originally, I had different ideas for this last week of July, but, uh, you know, some circumstances took place, and I thought I'd switch things up a bit. Um, Nick Opaluski, longtime listener of Kicking Out of Two, as well as the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, sent me a, a private message and said, I'd like for you to do a watch along of the December 24th, 1990 edition of Primetime Wrestling on Peacock. So I had to search to find it. You can find it on Peacock. I'll give you all the directions in a minute. But um, I was thinking to myself, December 24th, that's Christmas time. Wouldn't that be something I would do around Christmas time? But then, you know. Pop culture out there, they have the whole, you know, Christmas in July theme, what have you. So I thought, okay, you know, why not? I'll do a watch along in the middle of July on a Christmas episode of wrestling because it's Christmas in July this week. So, um, Nick, hope you enjoy it. Uh, But more importantly, I hope you guys enjoy this week's show because it's been a long time coming since this this has been coming down the pike. You know, I've done this show for a couple years, and if you listen to my pilot episode, I gave a few special shout-outs to some people that you know really helped me get this podcast going along and one of them is my good friend my dear friend my close personal longtime friend my first wrestling friend ever and one of my best friends of all time i've known him since i was seven years old i'm 38 do the math my good buddy dean yolanis what's up pal dave thank you so much for having me here it's uh it's it's been a long time man i'm really looking forward to this i am looking forward to this too all right um Dean, why don't you give the audience a little bit of a, a, a background, a little bit of a history of um, of our of our wrestling fandom and how we you know how we linked and how we linked up? Because I actually I briefly mentioned it on I did a podcast a couple weeks ago about you know growing up a wrestling fan with my grandparents. Sure. Um, and I talked about our story a little bit. You can find that in the archives over at the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network by searching Retromania with a W. That's the cheap plug, of course. Um, but yeah, I talked about that a little bit. Um, so why don't you kind of give your perspective as to how we met and how wrestling has brought us together. So really quick, I'm riding my bike down my old street that I grew up on and we were introduced by our, I'm not going to say her last name, our friend Kristen at the time. And I was so stoked to meet somebody who liked wrestling as much as I did, if not more than me. And so really... If we had to look, one of our foundations, right, of like this lifelong brotherhood has uh-huh. been wrestling. Yeah. Really. Some form right? or another, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, like, you grow and, like, we've gone through a lot of stuff together. But the actual very first thing that we connected on is wrestling. Yep. So this is really cool to be here. Yeah, this is very cool to have you because, I mean, you know, it, you're, you're my oldest friend. You know, no bullshit, you're my oldest friend. And um, not oldest because of your age, but just my oldest friend that I've, that I've had. you lifelong friend so um and i don't have many of those anymore but that's okay um as long as i got you then then we're good but um i thought you know we were were having a conversation before we clicked record we were talking about how wrestling has changed and um i thought we you know it's perfect timing we made plans to get together here i thought you know shit dean would probably want to do a podcast so why don't we watch the december 24th episode of primetime wrestling from 1990 uh which you can find on peacock you search peacock hope grab your peacock and have it ready to go um, search Primetime Wrestling, and then you'll click on the icon. You'll see Bobby the Brain Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon in the icon. And you're going to go to Season 6, 
the December 24th, 1990 episode. The episode runs 1 hour, 35 minutes, and 14 seconds. Uh, when I say play, you're going to hit play. And from time to time, I might turn the audio up for uh, some promos or, you know, things like that. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll give you guys a timestamp every so often. So hopefully you're on track with us. So uh, are you ready? Ready. All right, let's do it. Um, in five, four, three, two, one, hit play. We open here with the graphics. Looks like Jimmy Super Snooker fly. is going to wrestle Haku. Ooh, good match. And we'll also see the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith, taking on the Playboy, Buddy Rose. Big Boss Man in action on this episode of Primetime Wrestling, along with the Barbarian and Saba Simba. Otherwise known as Tony Atlas. Tony Atlas, that's right. And then we see here, it looks like the Legion of Doom are going to be in action. Those two poor souls must have not gotten paid oh, enough to get... Warrior. Warrior with a splash. You see Bossman Dino Bravo, Jim Neidhart, Demolition, the Million Dollar Man, and of course the man. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, the Hulkster, if you will. Oh, Rick Martell, we got more. Coco Beware, Jimmy Hart, the Bushwhackers, Honky Tonk Man, another shot of Hogan, because why not? Rick Rude, Jake the Snake, Mr. Perfect, Tito Santana, the Doctor Styles, like, oh yeah, Macho Man, and a crowd shot of WrestleMania 3. With your hosts, Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan. The greatest announcing team of all time. Yes, indeed. Talk to me a little bit about why you feel they are the best. As we see Gorilla open this uh, primetime wrestling edition in a very festive holiday mood. Their synergy together is unbeatable. My opinion, their synergy is probably the greatest that I've ever seen. Uh Granted, granted, the king was great too with JR. Um... I don't know. Why don't you have your listeners write in? Who do we think is better? King and JR or Bobby Heenan and Gorilla? My vote, personally, is Gorilla and Bobby. Yeah, I mean, I would have to agree. Gorilla and Bobby definitely uh, are at the top of the list. JR and the King are probably second. And, uh, you know, there's some definitely underrated... Uh, uh, you know, why don't we play the audio for this here? Because I would imagine these play two probably got some funny things to say. Boom. Brother Love and the Million Dollar Man, you consider them underprivileged? Little children. Oh. My heart goes out to you. And Trixie. Don't, don't try to string any Trixie, lights. Trixie, your nanny. We're in enough trouble as it is here. Um, I thought last week was the end of you, but you're, you're still here. In addition to the uh, names of the superstars already mentioned here on Primetime, Jake the Snake is going to be with us on our Christmas program. Where should I stick this? Oh, I'd like to tell you. The <laughs> Undertaker as well is going to be here on Primetime and Power and Glory. I can't trim that tree. It's too big. Why don't you just forget about it? Okay, we'll go to our first match and maybe you can decide what to do. Legion of Doom leading things off. Yeah, but- awesome. <laughs> yeah. LOD. All right, so we talked about this earlier. Wrestling not being the same. This is a prime example of it here where we have enhancement talent, a.k.a. jobbers, which is like a derogatory term to most wrestling fans here, being fed as the poor souls to to for the Legion of Doom to feast on here. I really miss the enhancement talent, I got to say. Yeah. It really gave you that feeling for like the big... SummerSlams, WrestleMania, yep. you know, because it was wrestler versus wrestler. Yeah. I just miss that. Yep. Quite frankly. Yeah, it's, uh, it, 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 I don't know if it would be something that works all the time in today's wrestling, but it's something that I think 
can be implemented from time to time. I think it would be great when also give a new guy a chance to. Mick Foley was that enhancement talent at one time. Yes, he was. He was an enhancement talent one time. I believe he told the story of uh, a time where he uh, he was an enhancement talent in the match against the British Bulldogs, and uh, Dynamite Kid had uh, took his head off and clotheslined him and broke his jaw, and he couldn't eat for like three weeks. <laughs> something something crazy like that. Hawk and Animal, my opinion, greatest tag team of all time. You know what? There was actually a tag team list that WWE put out on the network recently. Um, and they listed Hawk and Animal as... But they did greatest WWE tag teams. They didn't do overall tag teams from different organizations. Oh, here we go. Mr. Fuji and the Orient Express. Let's hear what Fuji's got to say. See the promo. Merry Mr. Fuji. So classic. Yeah. I love how they would sell the product during the product. Yep. I really love that. Like where like they would have the, the split screen. Yeah, Absolutely. split screen promos. There's so I there's so much nostalgia here just watching this with you and watching the way at uh WWE WWF at the time obviously. But um what WWE would do. Yeah. Good God. So much Okay, so if you're CEO of a day or a week, what would you do to bring back uh, the emotion of wrestling? And the we, emotion of wrestling? Yeah, this is open to your listeners, too. Okay. But I want to hear what you have to say first. All right. Um, I think. I think you would have to start with... I, th- I think you would need a good blend of, of writers that can help structure a television show, format it for TV, but at the same time, you'd also need people that have plenty of product knowledge when it comes to wrestling itself. And I don't think there's enough of that. I think you have way too many guys that had, you know, that, that use wrestling as a springboard to get into Hollywood or some guys that come from Hollywood that, that, that you know... And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with... Hollywood writers or television writers that have scripted the product because you know there's been some great stuff that they've put out over the years with with Hollywood writers but I mean I I think I mean wrestling has evolved in in some good ways and 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 in some not so good ways and I think one of those evolutions that I feel has lacked has been the consistency in the storytelling um do you remember when we were kids, they would run a story for over a year. Even when the story ended, they get in in the Royal Rumble. Oh, no love lost between these two. It would yep. always be Gorilla and everything. Is, yeah. that, is that what you're... What, the consistency in the story, yeah, absolutely, I think. Um, and But at the same time, you also have to look at when wrestling, you know, during that time period, there was only four pay-per-views a year. Now there's a pay-per-view every month or fucking even sometimes twice a month. Sure. You know? Sure. So, you know, everything happens so fast. I can't really, um, I just think that there's not enough product knowledge when it comes to the consistency in the storytelling in wrestling today. Like, you just get a Hollywood writer that, you know, is just, I don't know. I, I feel like for the better part of the last 10 years or so, our intelligence has been insulted. An older audience, 
Okay, because they've been catering to a younger audience, which there's nothing wrong with that because a younger audience. We were that audience. But we were that audience at one point. I think what's also hurt it too is being able to have so much information at your fingertips Hmm. with Google and the internet and social media and things like that. You know, you and I, we would we would watch a show, and it's not like there was no internet back then. We wouldn't go jump on the internet and see how everybody else thought about the show. Sure. You know, we sure. would we would just watch it and then be like, oh, can't wait till next week. Sure. Now it's like, oh, we watch the show, roll credits, and it's like, oh, let's see what let's see what uh, you know Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer had to say, or let's see what you know so and so on this message message board has to say. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. So do you think? So I mean, we've we've had this conversation a lot of times that we mm-hmm. don't feel that wrestling is what it was. Yep. Do you feel it's because we're not seven anymore, or do you feel it's because of the product? I think there's two points. I feel like yeah, there's a certain part that's not we're not kids, obviously. Yep. But I think there's also the product is not what it used to be. No, it's not. It's not. It, I, I, it's I, better. It's great. They have wonderful writers. They have, but something's missing. I think there's a lot of believability that's missing. I think when we were kids, it was, we wanted, I think too many, and it goes back to what I was saying earlier about the, um, about the, uh, you know, being able to get information at your fingertips, you know, when we were kids also too, we'd watch a movie, okay, we would go to the movie theater, right, and we'd watch a movie, and it's not like we would like, then go search for Siskel and Ebert's, you know, star rating approval on these movies or if sure. they gave it a two thumbs up or whatever sure. it wasn't like that they we would sure. go do that sure. i think we would get lost in it and we would be like wow that was a great movie like Absolutely. i'd watch that again or hey maybe they'll do a sequel you know we we nowadays we want results yesterday mm. at least that's what the wrestling audience has been conditioned to and therefore we also want we want to micromanage and pick it apart instead of just getting lost in it sometimes. But Absolutely. then there's times too, Dean, where I could try to get lost in it and then there'll be things that just don't make sense. Sure. And maybe that's my 38-year-old sure. brain working. Sure. You know? Sure. I mean, I'll, on a side note, I do want to say like nothing but respect to all the federations and the wrestlers and what they do too because I'm sure it takes a lot of work. Yeah. So we're not trying to insult anybody like while yeah. we're doing this. So nothing but respect to everybody. But... With that said, too, um, like, where's where's your level of love for the product for everything? So, Today? Today, yeah. So, I mean, like, I know, and you know, I mean, anyone who's listening to this probably wouldn't know, but, like, we were massive fans, right? Yep. So, I mean, it, we absolutely loved it. Everything was great. Even at that time, let's say we did have internet back then, right? Um, if someone said something, it wouldn't sway you. It wouldn't have swayed you. If someone said, oh, that wasn't good, it wouldn't have swayed you. Yeah. On, on anything. Yeah. Right? So maybe um, there's so many different variables, but, I mean, where does the love come back? Like, where does the... How, that feeling of grasp... I, don't, I think a lot of the new guys have a lot of charisma, too. I know? think, what for me, personally, is if there's a clear and concise story between two guys or two girls and they have chemistry and it makes sense and then they the, the end result being like a good match or the results of a good match 
That's where the love is. That's what I jones for. I jones for a story that I could sink my teeth into and where I can relate to it and some on some level. And then what I want to see at the end is the fucking big payoff. This guy cheats to beat this guy. Well, I want to see this guy get his revenge back. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. So that's where the love is. It's still some of those old school values as a wrestling fan. But maybe in a modernized form. Absolutely. I miss, like, we just saw Mr. Perfect Fisherman Suplex, Texas Tornado. Right? Yep, with a little help from DiBiase. I miss knowing that one move, and you know where the match is going to go. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up, okay? Because, you know, that's a thing. That's a big thing that bothers me in wrestling today is these these moves that, when we were kids, if you... If, if Shawn Michaels hit you with the super kick, it was all over. It was done. If Jake the Snake hit you with the DDT, you were definitely done. Now those are moves that have become transition spots in wrestling, and it drives me nuts. And then the guy doesn't sell it to save his life. It makes it even worse. It's And everyone uses everyone's move. That's the problem. There's no individuality. Okay? You know how many guys use the super kick? You could probably count on both hands and then continue counting how many guys in wrestling... Across the board, use the super kick. Sure. I, well, I mean, it's not to take anything back from the athleticism of today's guys, right? Because yeah. like, we're two fans who are watching, right? But mm-hmm. um, or two lifelong fans. But it, I miss knowing. Okay, with LOD's move, I can't think of the name of it, but the Doomsday Hawk, Finish. Doomsday Finish. Hawk jumps up off the top. Once Animal put him up, you knew it was over, and you waited for it. Yep. You wanted to see. Nobody was kicking out of that. Nobody. Nobody. DDT, Jake Roberts. Nobody. Done. The one time I remember as a kid seeing anyone kick out of this finish was Warrior kicking out of Hogan's At WrestleMania 6. At 6. Yep. Yeah, I was like, whoa. Yeah. Okay, that was like huge for That was mind-blowing, yeah. I mean... The athleticism's amazing. Everything's great, but I miss knowing that feeling. I miss seeing those specialized moves. Yeah. You know, here's another thing that I think you know has become a, a point of contention with wrestling fans then and now. We're watching this right now. It's Barbarian and Saba Simba from Primetime Wrestling. Okay. By the way, I'll give you all a little bit of a timestamp here. We're at 13 minutes, 59 set, 14, 01, 02, 03, if you're following along. Now, at seven, eight years old, you and I aren't going to micromanage and pick apart this presentation here because we just wanted to get lost in it in wrestling. Sure. But let's be honest with ourselves. You know, 38-year-old, 39-year-old Dave Rosenluth and Dean Yelanis, we're not exactly over the moon excited to watch this match just based on the look of these two guys. They look like, you know, two barbarians. No no pun intended. No pun intended. No pun intended. But it's not exactly a desirable presentation of professional wrestling that we're watching right here with these two guys. Would you say? I think it's... um... I like the nostalgia of it for sure. For That's sure, the production from, value is like way high. Well, I'm just talking about them but. two as characters in general. Like people, people for the longest time have said they want to see you know more reality. But you know, you get fans that be like, "Oh, I want to see more reality based characters," or you know, "I want to see more larger than life characters." You know, because it's wrestling. I want to get lost in it. 
I, me personally, I like to see a good mixture of both. Sure. Do you, would would you in twenty twenty one want to see a barbarian and Saba Simba? Let's say if the if they were in their prime currently today in today's wrestling, I would watch it. Okay, I'd and tell and tell it. me why. I would watch it. Um, Talking to the mic a little more. I, I almost. Uh, I think the character mix is cool. I dug the characters. I think I would still kind of dig a character. Okay. Like, I think the Barbarian's a really cool character. Okay. Um, the Tony Atlas as Saba Simba, I just knew even as a kid that was Tony Atlas. So yeah. I guess the it, it's hard to... How do you hard take, to get lost into that. How do you take someone who's as well-known as Tony Atlas, who I really like Tony Atlas, yep. and then make him Saba Simba? Like, you know it's Tony Atlas. Yep. But it's... Sounds yeah, simple, yeah, but um, I would like that. Yeah, I would like the reality of it too. I mean, if it's more realistic, if it's more of a realistic character, I would like that too. I want to get lost in wrestling again. I want to be able to watch pay per view with you specifically, yep. and get lost in it and feel the joy that we can feel. Yep, you know, and kind of go back. Yeah, I think what's I, you know, I'm glad that you brought that up because I think what in the last year or so, I'll be honest with you, as a fan of wrestling. I've watched more older wrestling, and for this podcast purpose, of course, but because of the 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 element of the live audience not being there due to the pandemic, sure. it's been rough. You know, sure. it's been really rough to watch. You know, all these wrestling fans zoomed in uh, on WWE programming, and then you know AEW had like limited fans, and or they would have their their roster be the fans, and you know I get it. You, you got to do what's you know, what you got to do to, in order to stay afloat and survive. But, you know, I, I, I think with the, with the, the advent of fans returning, um, and some of the stuff that I've seen recently on AEW with the fans returning and that the audience, um, I get more lost in the reactions from the audience of what they're seeing because I haven't seen an audience in wrestling in such a long period of time that getting lost in the actual product itself has been secondary for me. Sure. Um, you know, WWE, they did WrestleMania earlier this year uh, in front of, you know, a limited crowd. And going into it, I wasn't really impressed with the card. Um, on paper, I was. Just, it felt like, you know, and it was two nights, so I felt like it was like two nights of, of Raw and SmackDown, like back-to-back. Sure. Back. But that crowd was so into it, it made a otherwise less-than-desirable story become watchable or more exciting because the audience was back. You know what gotcha. I mean? Gotcha. So, as a, as a fan, I want to get lost in the, the, the stories itself. Sure. Um, but... I can't help right now get lost in the reaction of seeing people and and, gotcha. and and their reactions itself because it's been rough watching wrestling um on the other this hand, last year without seeing fans, you know? Sure. Even on on the other hand, I mean, um I def- I definitely sympathize with the wrestlers themselves not being able to work with the crowd. That must be really hard for them too. And also like kudos to all the companies who kept going. Yeah, it's I mean I talked about it before, you know, WWE was put in a bad spot, but they luckily had like their training center to fall back on where they could tape TV. I don't know. Did you watch any of those like Raws or Smackdowns or anything like that? A little bit. They're pretty, they're pretty rough to watch, right? Sure. Well, I mean, you know, you'd see the fans like on the TV that I thought that was cool. Um, 
I mean, the NBA did it. I know Major League Baseball sure. did it and stuff I mean, like that. So, like, they, they, they kind of took a little piece of that and they kind of, you know, put it in their pro wrestling modernized sure. sense and things like that. But it, it was it – was, I think it's cool everybody could keep going the way they would just have to keep going. Yeah. You know. I'll be honest with you. I don't know what I, – I, I, maybe it's just because I'm, I'm a spoiled – I've been a spoiled wrestling fan over the years, but – it was better to have that wrestling than have no wrestling at all. Even though Absolutely. it was rough. Even though it was 100%. rough. 100%. It was better to have 100%. that than no wrestling at 100%. all. 100%. I mean, like, again, kudos to all the companies and the wrestler. I can't imagine uh, that Trying to perform easy. in front of nobody. On, That's rough. On the wrestlers. Yeah. I mean, how do you know if people like what you did? Yeah. You know? You, you can't hear... Like a like a chat. Yeah, you can't you hear. You can't cr- yeah. hear the guy who's on the screen behind yeah. you, right? Well, they would pipe in the the crowd noise so that the, okay. so that the guys could hear okay. it. But in the beginning, they didn't. All you heard was fucking guys smacking the mat, yeah. running the ropes, and and you didn't get that that visceral reaction that you're supposed to get when you watch wrestling if you're when you're performing. But there'd be times too where it's like, here's what I had a problem with wrestling. Okay, this was the difference between what WWE did and what AEW did. AEW embraced the pandemic. Okay, they acknowledged it on TV, even to the point where if a wrestler tested positive for COVID, they would tell you he wasn't going to be in the scheduled match because he tested positive for COVID. Meanwhile, WWE pretended like there was no such thing as a pandemic. And I think that's what hurt them. Okay, Okay? and there were also times, too, where. And I'm sure that I'm sure you can tell by watching a guy will come to his entrance and he poses like there's some crowd there. Like, he would get on the ropes and just pose. Like, I get it if you pose in front of the camera, but then he would, like, hit all four corners. Like, he's making sure that he, he poses, <laughs> you know, and gets gets the reaction from all four corners, and there ain't nobody there. So do you think it was, what, the back office telling him to do that? Do you think I'm sure it was, was them just, just the way that? they produce TV, and, like, they're in, like, they go through the motions that way. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, it's just, it's just out of habit. But then they still kept doing it, and it was like, Jesus Christ. So how do you think an old school guy back in the day would have handled the pandemic as opposed to someone new? That's a good question. That's a really good question. So like let's let's say Jake the Snake. How would Jake the Snake handle the pandemic? Cuz I I think his psychology I think Jake I think Jake would have been all business and you would have been captivated by what he was doing um through the television screen. He, he could have still rocked. Yeah. During the pandemic. Yeah. I agree. Barna I agree. Someone like him, he's that Barnum. good that he could, yeah. Barnum. Yeah. So, I, all right, going back to this match, they're both down. Alice is up, excuse me, Saba Simmons. You can call him Tony first. Alice. Oh, yeah, I don't give a shit. I forgot, you know. I forgot we had this on. No, <laughs> so I, I I've never done the watch along. No, there, so yeah, this, so, so this, so this all, is so your, I apologize. So this is your first time, but you know I'm what? Popping my chair. No, know, it's so. all good. It's all good. I should, I probably should have kind of prepped you a little better. But uh, what I try to illustrate with the listeners and by doing these things is by doing the watch alongs. I try to emphasize, you know, obviously what we're watching, people paying attention as they listen to the podcast and watch. But I try to treat it like it's just two guys watching wrestling, sitting on the couch talking bullshit. Cool. That's what I try and do here. Um, cool. Every now and then, like I said, I'll play the audio. Like I'm going to do right here for Bobby Heenan because he's the man. Serious. Guys, heritage is nothing to be laughed at. No, no, made fun of. Really nice job you're doing in the tree. Yeah, it's, it's great. Can you get a shot of the tree? Could get a job as a decorator when you finish <laughs> well, you know, here, which will be very shortly. Enough. Did you give me a gift? Of course I got your gift. What's wrong with it? I'd like to see what's in it right. first. 
<laughs> Dummy. Remember what happened last time? Is it ticking? Oh my god, I love these guys. Oh my There's god. no two better. No. None. Mean Gene. Oh, we're gonna have to play the audio for this. Remember the Fink? Yes. The Fink was the man. Remember, like, he hyped you up too. So you had announcers, right? Commentators and the announcer would hype you up yeah. as much as the match. Right, everybody, here we go with your Royal Rumble report. Saturday night, January the nineteenth, live from Miami. You it's, can they see just it all sold the product on a pay-per-view basis. By the way, three matches added to the Royal Rumble this past week. Here we go in a tag team affair. Dusty I'm and still Dustin Rhodes, father and son, twenty million dollar man Ted DiBiase, and his bodyguard Virgil. One on one, the Big Boss Man squares off against the Barbarian, a member of the Bobby Heenan family. And of course, in tag team action, the new Orient Express to face the Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. And as you know, Who is the, the old World Warrior Wrestling Express? Federation champion, the Ultimate Warrior, so the will new be squaring off against challenger Sergeant Slaughter. Let me get back right to you. Now, let's get comments from both the champion and challenger. <laughs> When did they bring Sheikah? Remember they brought, they brought Later. Yeah. Who is this guy? General Adnan. Ultimate Warrior, the war zone has led me to you at the Royal Rumble for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. And make no mistake about it, Warrior, the title will be mine. And then I will take the title back to the Middle East before millions of people in front of a hero's welcome. And I will stand side by side with President Saddam Hussein. And I, Sergeant Slaughter, will be the hero of millions. And ultimate warrior, there's not a thing you can do about it. And that's an order. Two individuals built specifically for one purpose and one purpose only, to do battle against those that are the greatest. As the World Wrestling Federation champion, I, Sergeant Slaughter, the ultimate warrior, am the greatest. In this battle at Royal Rumble, I bring only one weapon, the warriors that surround me. You can take the biggest foxholes, you shall find. You can lay in the deepest trenches, and you shall bring all the artillery you need. For as I look upon the ring as a minefield, each step you take in it brings you one step closer to your destruction. All right, that title matchup promises to be something else on I kind of like this promo. I know people have not this promo. I kind of like that. Now then, folks, let's talk I've about dissected them a little bit. So that makes sense. Some of them do. Not all of them. I've heard all kinds of things. Yeah. In the World Wrestling Federation, all in the same ring on the same night at the same time in the same match. Here's what happens. Just prior to the event itself, 30 numbers are put in a hat back of the locker room area. The combatants draw the numbers out of the hat. That's the way they enter the competition. You start with two men, and then every two minutes thereafter, another man will enter the Royal Rumble. Now then, here is that very impressive list of participants in the Royal Rumble. First off, this man, the immortal Hulk Hogan. You know something, little Hulkamaniacs? Whenever I think of 30 of the See, top I still WWF see this, superstars all in the ring at one time in the <laughs> Royal swear. Rumble, all fighting for themselves, each man for himself, 
sometimes it makes you a little bit nervous. But then when I think about all the cards, all the letters, all the little Hulkamaniacs that got me back on my feet, and the four demandments of the training, the prayers, the vitamins, and the believing in ourselves, I realize this is our chance to prove Hulkamania is going to live forever. And this, this is after Earthquake. The WWF. Oh, yeah. What's it going to do that. when Hulkamania rumbles over you? Also to the Royal Rumble, Texas Tornado, the Warlord, Kane Douglas, Mr. Perfect, Bushwhacker Butch, Superfly, Jimmy Slicker. I didn't realize Shane Douglas was in the WWE. Briefly. Briefly. Yeah. And with manager, brother love, The Undertaker. Take a look at this man, brothers and sisters. For does he look like he has Brother love is awesome. He only has foes. What does the Royal Rumble mean to you, Undertaker? 29 more plots to dig. Joining the Undertaker will be the Honky Tonk Man, Brad the Hitman Hart, Haku, British Bulldog Davey Boy Smith, on the Legion of Doom, Animal, all Roman for Power and Glory, Saba Simba, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and from Demolition, both men, could be they'll end up beating each other, smash and crush. The Royal Rumble, that means you pick a number and you take a chance on... 49 other bad dudes. There you go. Oh, yeah. Whoa, wait a minute. I didn't remember him being in Man, oh, man, alive. What an impressive lineup for the Royal Rumble. Saturday night, January the 19th, 1991. By the way, folks, you can see it all on a pay-per-view basis. I don't remember him being in that Rumble either. I think this was when they when he tried to make a comeback. And like Vince was telling them, like, no, you're you're because of the back, because of his back and his health and everything. To answer your question, I liked all three. Is that I liked the three version of Demolition. Everyone loves Axe and Smash, and everyone thinks Smash and Crush was a shitty version, and I can understand why. But I not was, shitty, not shitty. But, but I I was different. into the three man version. I liked that they had a third that was guy. Very cool. I thought that was cool. You know, and I thought that it left open opportunities. I wouldn't have minded seeing Axe still stick around. I know he got hurt and he, he, he couldn't wrestle anymore. And I think his contract was up and they ended up not re-signing him. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't have mind seeing Axe been like the mouthpiece for them and and keep the demolition name going but have Smash and Crush Absolutely. as the team. You know, but I'm not upset with Mr. Fuji in that in that role either. Do you remember they even put the extra action figures out too? I, I do, dude. I remember I do. buying. So that was good I have marketing. Them in, I have them in the case. That was good marketing too, because I, I had Axe and Smash, and then I had to buy it again for Axe and Crush. Smash and Crush, yeah. Smash and Crush. Yep. Axe and Smash were sold as singles, and then they smoked, they sold Smash and Crush as a tag team with the helmets. Yeah. So listen to this, okay? While we're on that subject here, right? So I bought, you know, over the years. Since I've started this podcast, I've become a big action figure collector with all those Hasbro's in the case over there, right? Uh, so you have been for a long time. 
Well, no, I didn't have I didn't have any of these for a while, but when I was younger, I did. We, but yeah, when I was younger, we, but then I gave them all up when yeah, I yeah. heard of this thing called pussy, and I think we all did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> there was this there was this pink thing that, that that came into my life when I was a teenager, and that was when my toys went away. Um, anyhow. Um, the action figures. So I, I got the, I would get like demolition, right? And I bought like a couple of them, like you know, I bought like Crush by itself. But then I was like, well, I got to find the helmets for them, the accessories, you know, the little rubber helmets. Sure. So I find some guy like on on Instagram that sells this, some of this stuff, right? I was like, how much for the helmets? He's like, all three. I was like, yeah. He's like, hundred bucks. I'm like, get the fuck out of here for the little rubber things. Yeah, come on. Yeah. So I ended up finding a guy that sold me. I bought one helmet for like fifteen dollars, and then another guy sold me like two helmets for like thirty bucks. Wow. So I ended up getting all the helmets. Like, yeah, that's how much my obsession with collecting has become. But I wasn't paying no hundred dollars for fucking three helmets, like demolition Hasbro helmets. That was that was bullshit. The act, so the action figures when we were kids were only about six bucks, six or seven bucks, six, yeah. Seven bucks. But like the the value in them now, it's it's unreal what you'd be able to find them for on the yeah, secondary market. Like I'm telling you, like. It's nuts. Like without the without the box, they call them the card. Yeah. Like, depending on who it is and what series it is, like uh-huh. you could probably find like series one that's up to, on the top shelf. They made like ten, fifteen bucks a piece. Oh, and sure. then as you go higher and higher in the series, that aren't as uh, available as much. Like a Yokozuna goes for like a sixty five dollars. Oh, you know? my god. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, Seeing power and glory here against two helpless uh, souls that drew the drew the number to to face them. Power and glory. Spoiler alert! I think power and glory is going to win. I think so too. I, I I would I would bet my my paycheck on it. Um, yeah, power. And slick. Glory. Yeah, Doctor Style. Slick was the man. Bring back Slick. He was great. They brought him back every once in a while for he like little great. cameos. Yeah. He oh no, great. I like Slick. What did you think of Power and Glory as a team? As 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 nine year old Dean Yelanis, what did you think of Power and Glory as a I team? I liked Power and Glory. Like you liked to watch them, or you liked that? Like I like to watch favorites? them, and then when one of my favorites, like Demolition or LOD, I'd like to see them lose. Okay, LOD. All right. So but I liked them. Were they believable to you as a kid? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Hercules was like massive. Okay. So yeah, I believed Hercules could destroy somebody. Okay. So do you remember that one SummerSlam when Roma and and Hercules beat up the Rockers and they injured Shawn Michaels? I believe Absolutely. you let me borrow that tape. Absolutely. I okay. That. Like that was when I felt like they were like as a kid I was like they were real. They were legitimate because they beat up my team, the Rockers. Yeah. You know. Now the chain to Michaels' leg. Yeah. Right? That was Outside the fall of the, of the Rockers, right? Yeah, that was the beginning. That was the beginning when the when the when the downfall came of the Rockers. But um. Now the narrative has been, especially with Paul Roma, since he was a four horseman, everyone looked at that as a flop. That Power and Glory was a nothing tag team. I didn't think they were nothing tag team. I liked them. I yeah, I thought they were I legit. Them. You know, I think okay. So Paul Roma and Herc in singles competition or as a tag team, which one do you like better, Power and Glory or singles? Um, Power and Glory. Power and Glory. Huh. I wasn't the biggest Hercules fan as a singles. But as a team, like I like their finish. Like this is a, this is a great finish. I think it's coming up right now. He's gonna set him up for the tag. And do you remember this finish? 
No. Okay, actually. so Hercules is going to superplex him, and Roma's going to do a. Oh, I do remember. It's like this. a combo at the same time. This is a cool finish. This is very a underrated. Badass finish. Oh. Good night. Oh, he's got to cover him with one foot. I just saw Paul Roma recently, a couple of years ago. Cool. I went to a um, went to a food truck festival in town. Okay. And they had like a little like. You know, a couple of pro wrestling matches there. I didn't even know it. I was just walking by and I see these guys setting up a ring. And I'm like, what's this? Cool. And they were like, yeah, it's a, it's a Paradise Alley Pro Wrestling, which happens to be the, the indie company that Paul Roma owns. Oh, cool. So he's a local in Connecticut in like the New Haven, East Haven type area. Um, so I saw him moving around. He's in decent shape for his age, but he looked like he had trouble moving around. Like wrestling had kind of... Beating his body up a little bit, and he did not understandable. Look, but he did not look happy to be there. But then again, on that day, it was humid, hot out, like it was nasty and disgusting. And I don't know how anybody could have uh, could have wanted to wrestle in that heat. Here we go. Let's play the audio once again for Gorilla and Bobby. That stuff alone. These these aren't ornaments for the tree. What are they? Mike Gurk's earrings. With you being serious? <laughs> you could have had all that stuff hung already. How do you like these up? <laughs> Well, I see you hung on a tree somewhere. I gotta test the bulbs. Will you help me? Sure, absolutely. I'm, I'm good at that. Do I have any presents? Stuff. Of course. I have a present for you. They're right under here. I have a present too for our special friend, Sean Mooney, in the event center later on. A, a Merry Christmas to you, Sean. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas to you too, Gorilla. And even you, Bobby Heenan. Well, I know of a Christmas present the entire family can share. It's the Royal Rumble. It's all happening Saturday night, January 19th. And all you have to do is pick up the telephone, call your local cable system, and place your order. 30 superstars with the WWF involved, each man on his own. There are no allies. Right now, let's hear from some of the participants, beginning with the Hart Foundation, the Hitman, and the... He was good. Mooney did The Royal Rumble, the luck of the draw, where endurance is everything. Hitman... Great team. Yeah, well, I feel real Yeah, real our foundation lucky. was There's legit. There's going to be 30 fresh men. There's going to be a fresh man hitting that ring every two minutes. And it's going to be a dog fight. It's going to be a fight to the finish. It's going to be a Royal Rumble. Right, Anvil? Yeah, baby. Yeah. It's the Royal Rumble, baby! Oh, a lot of excitement. It's a big event. And the bottom line, this hit it. Everyone's on its own. When we see the Hurt Group and I, it's only a figure speech. Got where we're at, we're together. And Hogan and Tugboat, we're gunning for you. Whatever it takes to win it. January 19th. It's the World Ooh, Wrestling this. Federation Shane Douglas. Royal Rumble. I've never very start from day one. I don't need it. In order to prove yourself, you've got to go against the very best. You find them right here in the World Wrestling Federation. I know that I can prove to the world that I belong here in the WWF. You know, I'm, really, I, I'm not really sure it's you so should be in this basic Royal and generic. I'm mean, the Intercontinental Champion. You'll probably have 29 guys gunning for you. But then again, you're perfect. Bobby, everybody wants to be what I am. And in the Royal Rumble, you're getting an opportunity to face Mr. Perfect. And I'll show you that I am what I say I am. And I say I'm perfect. Mr. Perfect, the new Intercontinental Champion, set for action. But titles will not matter in the Royal Rumble. You know what I used to love about those? The green screen in the background with their logos. Yeah. That shit is so cool. I think that oh. that's something they could still do. Or, like, they do it, like, in a Absolutely. modernized version with, like, the LED. Like, Absolutely. if they were in the back and they had, like, an LED board. Because here's one thing that insults my intelligence about wrestling, okay? 
They'll do a skit in the locker room or the backstage vignette where they'll have like one or two guys back there sitting in the locker room and they got like their duffel bag. But then like you see like their t-shirt hanging from one locker and then the same t-shirt hanging from the, like they have like five or six different versions of their t-shirts hanging from the locker room as a way to advertise or market their merchandise. How vain are you that you have to hang up your fucking t-shirt with your name on it on every hook in the locker room? <laughs> And not leave space for other people to get dressed in the locker room. That's pretty screwed up. You know what I mean? That's really, really screwed up. Like, why do you need five t-shirts? Yeah, why do you need five different That's t-shirts just a to advertise? Cash in. Yeah, like, I mean, it, I used to. Okay, we're totally those guys. Like back in our day, back in our day. Yeah, I know. That's what we're doing right now. That's back exactly, in our day. That's exactly um, what we're doing. Wrestlers right now. like only have one t-shirt, right? If you that, have to, like, mow lawns to get a t-shirt. Oh, I know. Or get a foam finger. Like a Hulk Hogan foam, foam finger. I never did the foam finger. I thought you had a Hulk Hogan foam finger. I, no, I I got the shirt, but like yep. I, I ripped the shirt. Yep, same with me. It didn't last. Yep, same with me. Very long. And I had the bandana. Yep, I remember you had I the never bandana. Had the, the foam finger. I remember you had the bandana. What do we got here? Big Boss Man. Oh, the man. With the ball and chain. I thought he moved. I remember as a kid thinking, holy shit, how does he move like that? Yeah. Part of my language. No, no, no. I cuss all the time. Don't worry about it. Why does he got... Where's the nightstick? What's with the ball? That's what I'm curious about. Bring me the nightstick. Where is the nightstick? Maybe this... Maybe they were trying to... Maybe they are trying to market some other piece of merchandise for the kids. Because they used to sell those foam nightsticks. And the baseball cap. I used to have that hat. That that that, that country bumpkin is uh, wearing the top of his head. Early 2000s, boss man. I thought his outfit was way cooler. Like the tactical gear? Yeah. Yeah. When he came back and he joined uh, the the corporation with Vince, yeah. yeah, I thought that was a, I thought that was a better setup. Spoiler alert! I think the boss man is going to beat this enhancement talent. Yeah, I think Pete Sanchez uh, doesn't watch stand it. a chance. Oh, leg on the rope! Yeah, I used to think that was cooler than when he would slide under the rope and then give and the guy the up. uppercut. Absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. I used to think that was cool too. This guy moved so. See the screen on screen. Yeah, I wish they would bring this back, and then they would still sell other events like. Sometimes For me, they, it got me so into it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, like earlier, you we were talking about when they when Mean Gene did the Royal Rumble report. The best. How you wanted to watch the Royal Rumble. Follow, you know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Like, it had to be pretty cool. You know, like the way that they sold it, like in studio like that. Nowadays, when it comes to the announcers. They don't sell it. To me, they, they se- don't sell it. All right. They sell it, but they. I feel like. There's no individuality with the Not announcers. Like they don't allow the announcers to be themselves and sell it in their way. It's like it's very micromanaged. It's very rehearsed. You know, sure. I don't feel like the announcers are calling the action. I feel like the announcers are being. I mean, they're, sure. they're overproduced. Now, well, maybe something that we haven't thought of too is when we were watching back in the day, it was still a private company. Yep. Now, now it's, it's a, a publicly public traded, traded company. company. Yeah. Do you think that has something to do with? I'm that? sure of it. I'm sure that being a publicly traded company, that they've had to change a lot of things about their programming. I mean, they went to being strictly PG for for a number of years because they had received a huge endorsement with Mattel for their toys. And I think the timing of the Chris Benoit thing, and you know, then they, I think a lot of different factors played into it. But um, what's he going to do here with this ball and chain? It's a boss man one. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Oh, you, if you were betting your paycheck. Pal, you would uh, you would double up. All right, so he's doing the ball and chain. Okay, what what exactly is he gonna do with this? I don't know. Is he gonna 
I missed like, the nightstick. Ram the ball into, into his. And, oh, he's going to ram it. What's he doing there? Oh, he's going to ram it. I don't remember this. I don't remember this either. Oh! oh ball and chain to the gut. Oh, Pete Sanchez. And Pete just got a ball to the gut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was great color commentator analysis from you, my friend. Not so much, but thank you. No, no, no I, I can appreciate it. Ball to the gut. Replay of the ball to the gut spot, because that was the that was the high spot of the match. That's what everybody wanted to see at the end of the day. Back to uh, Gorilla and Bobby here on this Christmas edition of Primetime Wrestling. Thanks to Nick Opalewski. Thank you all so very much for tuning in, listening, and watching this. Watch along here with us as we play the audio for uh, Gorilla and Bobby in studio. Thank you for being patient on my first watch the, uh, along. Yes, this is you're doing a great job, by the way. Call me you want. We get through Barbarian. Right through to Barbarian. Want to know where I'm going to be this week? No, but you're going to tell us anyway. That's right. Wednesday, I'm going to be in Providence. Thursday, I'll be in Portland, Maine. Friday, I'll be in Hershey. Saturday, I'll be in Richfield and Cincinnati. And Sunday, I'll be in Toledo and Triancy. Along with this manager. It's beautiful. Those dudes could sell. Yep. Yes, this week. Sell. The Undertaker. The Undertaker. one who could sell. Mean Gene. Remember the Undertaker when he first came out? We all, we all thought he was legit dead. Okay, we 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 were all scared of him. You know, I remember. Remember the Warrior? Yeah, when he locked the, the Warrior in the casket. Was like, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, I know. It, it it was wild stuff. I mean, it was wild stuff. This is this is before the Paul Bearer era. Before they uh, they they switched it over. And no, Brother Love was his manager. Um, Brother Love was cool too. Bro, I've heard he just had to do other things. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was he was working behind the scenes, and he okay. he didn't want to you know if he was going to manage Undertaker, it was requiring being full time on the gotcha, road. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Um, he he switched that up here. I thought Paul Bear was a great addition. Too. Oh, Paul Bear made it. Paul Bear made the character. I With mean, the urn, the, urn, the face. He looked like fucking uh, Gomez Adams from the Adams family. He had that like dark element. He was also a licensed mortician in real life. That's so that helped. You know, it I just, think they should bring back Brother Love. They've they've done they really they've should. had they've had Brother Love do some cameos every once in a while. You know, like on like a Legends reunion of sure. Raw or something like that. Forget they, the cameos. Bring back some of the old guys and teach some of the new guys. I, what time I, it is. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? <laughs> because, I mean, it's like, come on, man. Yeah. This old school WWF or WWE, whatever, there's so much... You can chari- call it WWF. There's okay. so much charisma on here from these people, yep. right? Oh, yeah. I'm not knocking the new guys. I think there's a lot of cool new guys, yep. too. But I just don't think it's... Um, again, I can't separate if it's because I was a kid watching. Mm-hmm. And I'm an adult now watching a product, which doesn't hold me. So maybe if it was seven-year-old me, six-year-old me watching a new product, I maybe I would be that. Do you think you would be that excited? I think there. I think there are kids that that can be that excited. I know that. Like, all right. So let, let, no, no, no. But like, okay. So we can go back in time to watch today's wrestling. As we're, as we're, we're five, six, six or seven years old. Okay. Mm-hmm. Would you get so excited as we did back then? I think so. We both used to jump. I think so. I think we could. And the only reason why I think we could is because we don't have those other elements to distract us, like the internet and having all the information at your fingertips. No, no, no. So we can go back in today's time. 
So we so if we, we go back if in we time were six years old watching wrestling today. Twenty twenty one. Yeah, I think there could be certain elements of it where I get really excited for, you know? Like for instance, so here's a great example. I went to last couple of years I've gone to different shows and last WWE show I went to I think was Money in the Bank when they came to Hartford. And there's still little kids that, like, you know, will buy the Rey Mysterio mask. And you still see little kids that, like, get into it with, like, you know, John Cena. Even though John Cena wasn't there on that show. Like, you still see that, like, there's still... That's what I was when I was there, when I was their age. You know what I mean? Sure. So, I think it's still very possible, you know? I don't think across the board I'd be going crazy over it, but... I'm sure I'd have my favorites. Sure. I mean, I think no doubt it's marketing to Who's that younger people. there? I've never seen him before. In the ring? Yeah, not Haku, the ring announcer. I don't, I don't know, know who, who that he guy is. is. Where's the Fink? Give me the Fink. I want the Fink. Who is that guy? I don't know. Did they say? No. Turn it up. Who is yeah, he? Yeah, I'll, I'll put it up on the audio. Well, it's no wonder why I didn't ask Really? Who is this ring announcer? He's probably a local guy from Canada, like you just said, London, Ontario. Yeah, he's probably one of the Is it one of their guys? He's probably a local guy from 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 Canada. That's cool. Because sometimes they used to run a lot of shows, like two or three of the same, you know, two 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 sometimes three shows in the same day. I saw in a podcast, I guess it was Hogan saying they had a team B team. Yep. So this could have been a B team. This could have been a B team show. Yeah. This is a hell of a show for a B team show, though. Come on, Superfly well, no, versus Haku. Di- di- sorry, so these are so these are different matches that were taped in di- various locations it, that they throw sure, together for primetime sure, wrestling. Sure, but I mean, if you were sitting down watching primetime wrestling, this is good stuff. So this isn't even all enhancement talent. No, you get yeah. I mean, we so saw why Sama couldn't Simba you do that and, today and bring back you know one or two enhancement guys, maybe three, and then have like that, the, you know Star. So, so I th- I think that's where that's where it, at times you you could be labeled as insulting the intelligence of the audience. And the reason why I say that is because, yes, would it be great to further enhance a debuting star by having an enhancement talent make them look good? Absolutely. Okay? Without running the risk of hurting someone else, per se, like a a name-established talent. Sure. But at the same time, I think if you were to bring back the enhancement talents on a regular basis, I feel like the fans would kind of call bullshit on it. And be like, they already know what's coming. They already know that this guy is a big deal. He's going to mow through this dude. He's going to mow through four other guys in the next few weeks. And then they're going to finally put him up against someone with with, with some kind of credibility. Just, I mean, on on my side, I think it would be cool for the superstar and I think it would be cool even for the enhancement talent to get his shot though too. I we agree. All, we all gotta pay to some, to, I agree you know to some mean? extent. I think I think the audience could be cool with that. I think also too like, I think they would understand that too. If you watch some of some of WWE in the last few years, there are guys who are treated as enhancement talent but with characters. You know? Okay. Zack Ryder, okay. Heath Slater, 
um, you know, they had some characters, and and so the thing was just to lose. They, yeah, Is they that, were pretty much in, in a sense enhancement talent, okay. but with bigger personalities and with That's a, and, cool. and, and with entrance music. You know what I mean? That's kind of cool. But I, I I think most people look at them and it's like, oh well, they look at them on the surface and say, oh well, they're a character, they have a gimmick. Why can't they do something meaningful with them instead of having this guy job to you know X Y and Z? Sure, you know. I think because they because they look like a star, that fans get upset when they start losing so much or doing the favors to so many different guys. Sure. You know? Do you remember when Barry Horowitz broke through that? Yes, this? that was awesome. SummerSlam nineteen ninety five against uh, Skip that was of the awesome. Body Donnas. He broke his undefeated. Yeah, for a little bit. I yeah. remember that. Yeah, I know it was crazy. Right? He should. But at the same time, it was also too. something that like. We, we we never saw it. we never saw it. It was also something that like we we, we never saw it. we never saw it. But we also knew who he was because we had seen him every week get his ass kicked on TV for sure. so many years. So like it was, I liked seeing him win. I was like, it was, ah! yeah, it was like, a cool deal. I didn't, even, I didn't know his name until he won. Yeah, right. And I still remember his name because yep. I just I remember. And then you, you know the old pat on the back gimmick. You know what he sure. would do. You know what's funny too? I've I've watched shows like old episodes of like Superstars, and he'd be on, and then the same night WCW would do like a Saturday Night show, and, he would be on? and he'd be on that show too. Nice. Like Barry Horowitz got fucking paid. <laughs> <You know? laughs> he did. He did whatever he had to do. He got fucking paid. If, it, if that meant he was working three shows and for three different companies a night, he was he doing got it. Paid. But yeah, Can't he got paid. There. So I heard that Haku is like one of the toughest people that to ever walked the earth. Yes. Actually. Yes, uh, they, they there's if you YouTube or Google like Haku like classic Haku stories or like bar fights or something. No, he's nuts. Like he's he's legitimately nuts. Wait, I I've seen shoots. He seems like he's like the nicest guy. Yeah, but like, they say he's the toughest dude there ever was in wrestling. Him and Harley Race. Oh. Him and Harley Race, they say, are the two toughest guys to Absolutely. have ever, you know. And you, you, you knew there. There was one story I heard. I don't remember who told the story, but somebody got into it in a bar with a fan years and years ago. This is when they would, you know, this is when they were still trying to portray like re- like wrestling was real. Like the good guys travel with the good guys, the bad guys sure. travel with the bad sure. guys. So I guess like some fan told one of the guys that like oh it's fake you're a bunch of phonies you know a group of guys. Sorry, I'm having trouble hearing you. No, you shouldn't have trouble hearing me, bitch. I wasn't talking to you. Um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, this happens all the time. I'm stupid. I shouldn't even be wearing this during this because it always goes off. But um, I guess some one of the guys, you know, stepped up and said something to to. Um, one of the fans said something to a wrestler, and they crowded him. And literally, Haku came in and wasted all of them, like all. It was like four or five guys wasted them all, like not even like you know batting an eyelash. Well, like I mean, it, there's no reason to be an asshole. And so, like, if you're going up to a wrestler blatantly being an asshole, I feel you deserve the ass kicking that's coming to you. Pretty much. And hopefully, you didn't yeah. sue the guy. Pretty much. You know. I mean, really, like, why people find the need to go out of their way to be an asshole, I have no idea. They say he's one of the nicest guys, but if you get on his bad side, you might as well just, you know, dug your own grave legitimately, because he'll, he'll hurt you. But, I mean, even, like, I, I'm sure he's, like, a 
major badass could destroy people, but I mean, what does like I wouldn't conduct myself like an asshole. You got to take into account too; they were in a bar, so sure. But pe- I mean, pe- I'm not saying it's right, but you know, people are gonna have a few drinks. They're gonna get you know beer muscles. People are gonna have a few drinks. They're gonna get you know beer muscles, and all of a sudden uh, think that they can you know oh this phony wrestler's on TV. And then, you know, one thing leads um, to another, and then... Of course, but, I mean, people should probably try and conduct themselves better. And I'm, oh, I'm sure of it. I'm happy to hear that Haku kicked the crap out of them. Yeah. Basically. You know? Yeah, you. Yeah, I'm telling you, you'll find... There's... Somebody's got... Every shoot interview you watch, somebody's got a Haku story, or somebody's got an Iron Cheek story. Sure. I remember, you know? as a fan, as a kid, taking shit from people. Why do you like that stuff? Oh, yeah. Da-da-da-da-da. Oh, yeah. Da-da-da-da-da. That's why. That's why fans got it too. That's well, yeah, but fans got it too. That's why, like, when I would go to my grandmother's house on the weekends, and because you used to live around the corner from her, you know, I didn't have to worry about that because you loved wrestling just yeah, as much it, as me. It was like such a relief, dude. You know, <laughs> it was like, oh my god. Yeah, I was like, oh shit, he's got all the toys I don't have. Like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, oh, and vice versa. He's got he's got SummerSlam on tape. I didn't see that SummerSlam. Like, it was wild. Yeah, you know? it was totally wild. And fast forward. I don't even want to do the math, but no, we'll we'll let the listeners do the it's, math. But it's yeah, basically, yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, it's been so it's like thirty-one. Yeah, the no. first initial hit of our friendship was over wrestling. Yeah, right. It was. That's I, cool. I, I just I don't even like. It's funny because I I told the story on on the couple episodes ago, and I didn't remember how we actually met. It's I thought maybe. Yeah, I didn't see. I didn't realize that. I thought we met through like we were riding bikes and like I. I was into riding you. bikes. You would cut through your grandma's backyard, and then we were talking. See, wow, that's crazy yeah. that you even remember that because yeah. I don't. Yeah, I, I, I just knew that we met and then like re- like we found yeah. out that we both liked wrestling and then that was the end of it. And like, looking back, we were both probably like, "Hey, who's who's this guy?" Talking yeah. to Kristen. Right, you were probably like, no, Who's I, this I mean, guy? she was just the, she was just the neighbor that lived by my grandmother. It wasn't. Yeah, anything, I didn't think know. it that far through either. But yeah, yeah, but I uh, was just happy, like, and then because there was not a lot of young people in the neighborhood, I was like, oh my god, there's someone I can play with. Yeah, and I was there like every weekend visiting, yeah, it my, was, visiting it was my grandmother. Kind of amazing, actually. So then, I would wait. So then, I would wait. I'd ride my bike to your grandmother's house. Yep. and She'd be like, "He's not here yet. Yep. He's coming." Yeah. I ride again. Is he here yet, honey? He's not here yeah, yet. And then I get, and I get there, and then you blow up my phone open. I'm like, yeah, oh, they're right there. I'm like, like, jet down the hill like a million yep. miles an hour. Oh yeah, I remember it. Sometimes ride my bike through Kristen's yard. Yep. I don't think her parents like that too much. No, I don't think they did either. But and like as a kid, like I apologize if they're at, if they're listening. I, I'm sorry. I ride <laughs> that'd be, my bike that'd be funny as hell. And I really just should have went to the stop sign and like made the right. I really should have. Yeah, it's okay. You know. Oh, Snooker with the win. I didn't think Snooker was getting a win. I thought for sure Haku was getting Yeah, but that's a lame win because he rolled him up in a fucking package instead of jumping off the top rope. Dude, you're Snooker. I want to see you jump off the top rope. That's a good point. That's a good point. Interesting that you brought that up because, you know. Watch. See? Rolls him up. One, two, two. Well, Haku's shoulder was definitely up when that ref made that count. Yeah, he was definitely up. Now, would we be talking like this at seven years old watching this match? Um, would you be like, you know what, you were disappointed because Jimmy Snuka didn't one, jump off the top rope? Probably not. Okay. Probably not. Okay. But looking back now, like, I want to see you fly off the top rope. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I get it. I, I mean, get it. And I probably would have said, 
I remember when Warrior beat Hogan, I remember thinking to myself, no, he kicked out. Yep. I totally thought he kicked out. That was one of the, I think that was one of the first instances that I remember. Oh, speaking of Brother Love, let's play the audio for this. Oh, let's definitely play Bro- Brother Love. I love the Brother Love. That's right, baby. Is Dustin still doing it? Yeah, he wrestles for AEW. AEW? Cool. Yeah. What is he wrestling on? Dustin Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes. But he does like half face paint, like similar to gold dust, but with like red and blue and this as a kid but Dustin Rhodes had that like accent and that lisp like his father and he doesn't talk like that at all that was like trying to be too much like Dusty yeah I mean he was still new though I get it trying to establish himself with the name I get it get the accent you know I definitely get it I think he didn't really step into his own until Goldust well Goldust yeah you know Goldust put him over I the mean, fucking was, top absolutely. right there. I remember him in uh, WCW, too. Yeah, when he did singles in WCW, yeah. and then he was a tag with, like, Barry Windham. Yeah. Like, those were some good stuff. I liked Dustin as a kid, you know? I mean, I think in any career, you're trying to establish yourself, you know? I didn't have a problem with him. As, the, that was the only issue I had with him, like, now, was that I could see why he had trouble succeeding. is because he sounded too much like his father. I... Um... I have to shoot. But as, as time went on, he... Yeah, I have to shoot you completely straight. I remember Dustin Rhodes and his 
Dusty Rhodes. Yep. I don't remember the way he spoke until I just saw that right now. Yeah. Too. I don't remember that. Oh, we're we're already getting into the action here. Playboy Buddy Rose and the British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith. All right, he's tapping out. He's totally ta- yeah. He's totally tapping out. That's a tap out right there. But right. in wrestling, they didn't recognize that. Okay. Davey just totally. I think because MMA, I think MMA were the ones that really implemented the the tap out into wrestling. Because remember when a guy used to be in a submission hold Uh and he would crawl to the rope and he would tap on the mat to get the the crowd behind him. You do that now, they fucking ring the bell. Absolutely. Playboy Buddy Rose is in great shape. Yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal. I want his diet plan. I don't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not trying to disparage the dead here. Him, uh, him, him nor Davy Boy. No, I mean the guy's in great shape, you know. Really? No. No, not at all. And Davy, you know that that's all natural. Oh, Davy! Oh, yeah. Are you kidding that's me? How natural. many push-ups he had to do to look like that? That's all natural. You know. Well, Playboy's all natural too. Yeah. All natural foods at the buffet. No. Okay. Here's like, Playboy Buddy Rose would never make it today, but he was over in other weeks. Yep. He was big time over. AWA? He was big time over. Yeah. How did he get over back then, too? There, I don't think he lasted with WWF for very long. No, but he still had his mark in other federations. Yeah, a, so. a, I know like AWA, he was, a, he was a, I wouldn't say a big deal, but he was... Big enough. He had a significant run there. Big enough. Um, was he a part of the... Te- was, yeah, he was a part of the tag team with... Uh, um, he was AWA tag team champion with uh, uh, Doug Summers when they used to wrestle the Rockers. There's a famous match that took place on ESPN with uh, Playboy Buddy Rose and Doug Summers against the Rockers for the AWA tag team sure. titles. I mean, not for nothing. Like, granted, he's not in good shape, but he's in good shape enough to wrestle. It can't be easy. There's there's some vin- shape, there's some right? vignettes that but- he that he did in WWF at this time yeah. um, where he was. He was almost kind of taking his weight issues yeah. and using it in the story where he where he talked about he was a heel, so of course heels lie. Yeah. So he would say he would he he had this gimmick where it was called the blow away diet, where he took this powder in this bag and he fucking rubbed it all over his stomach and his chest, and then he would blow it off and he would make it look like he would he would make it appear at least in his mind that this powder will make you look That's like cool. he does with the physique and so people used to people used to shit on it because they called yeah, but he bull- got over but they called bullshit but yeah it briefly got over but, but he got over good for him i miss like uh you know how, like every wrestler's in phenomenal shape yep right i'm missing the different guys though it is same cool i do too it is kind of cool seeing this dude like who's granted he's not in wrestling shape of today's standard at all Dusty Rhodes would not have been. No. But they'd call it out. No one cared. Yeah. Why is every guy looking like, you know, he's living at GNC? Yeah. I know. It's, it, you, you know, know same thing. I, same I wish we saw different stuff, guys' shapes and sizes. Same. Yeah. I'm with you there. You they know? have a few of those in WWE, but not as many as it used Bray to be back Wyatt in the day. Bray Wyatt was the first, right? And then all of a sudden he got really jacked. Yeah, now they got he this guy. Now they got this first. guy named Otis. He used to Otis was like okay. Otis was like this like hacksaw Jim Duggan goofy kind of character, cool. but he was bulky. Um, now they've kind of changed him up a little bit. He's still got the same look, but he's a bad guy now. Um, now he's gonna hit the gym and he's gonna look like everyone else. I don't know if I don't know if that's what they're going with with him, or if he's just like this big monster to like uh, be like you know the the almost like Vader. 
Gotcha. In a sense, you gotcha. know what I mean? But, like, yeah, you had guys in all different shapes Remember, and yeah, sizes. I miss the big guys. Like Vader. I miss the, you know? Yeah. Like, the, like the, the guys that were, like, you know, heavy set and round. Like, I think, I think, and I could be wrong, but I think what had them go in a different direction when it came to that was Yokozuna's health in the 90s. Gotcha. I think Yokozuna's health was one of the reasons why they decided to steer away from the sure. big guys like that. Sure. Because Yokozuna's health was just out of control. They sure. sent him to rehab. They sent him to like a food clinic, a sure. diet sure. clinic, you know, all that shit. And nothing nothing ever worked. The boy just liked to eat. So I'm guessing, and I could be wrong. I mean, I'm sure that there's other reasons behind it, but I'm guessing that Yokozuna's health issues gotcha. were a major reason. Gotcha. I miss the feeling of like, even as a kid, you'd be like, well, I know it's fixed, but that guy, I wouldn't mess with him. Like, that guy can beat me up. Like, I missed that feeling. Yeah, you know, I, like, I, I had that feeling. Like, yeah. You know? You know who was one of those guys that used to do that for me? Who's that? Sid. Yeah. Sid used the to... The ruler of the world. Sid. Uh. The master and the ruler of the world. I used to, I used to be scared of him. Like, I was scared of Haku as a kid. I See, I wasn't. I maybe just because he wasn't as Mang. Oh, as Mang freaked me out. Dude. I was a teenager back then, so that was by the point where. Ah, oh, we weren't teenagers yet when he was in WCW. Maybe we were not teenagers yet. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe not. Yeah, we were not teenagers yet. But anyhow, yeah, Sid was Sid was the guy that I was like. Yeah. Like oh my god! I remember seeing Mang thinking to myself, I would not f with that dude. No. You know. Davy Boy with the win, like we didn't know he was going to. <laughs> I'm shocked. I know, right? I'm shocked. What do we got here, Bobby and Gorilla? What is it? I burned myself. You burned yourself. It's only about six or eight volts you got there, brain. Six thousand volts. Wait, through every bulb. Six thousand. <laughs> Give me a break. Here, you You're gonna fry everybody at San Quentin today with that. <laughs> <laughs> this is the holiday season, brain. It's time to be happy and thankful and <laughs> joyful and giving. Got good news for my friend on the tile. Sean Mooney in the event center. Uh, Brain was telling me earlier on that he is thinking of giving you something special, perhaps <laughs> underneath your Christmas tree, or perhaps in it, you might find the barbarian. Wouldn't that be nice? You can. <laughs> Enough volts to fry everyone in San Quentin. Remember That's the Heenan funny. family? The Heenan family, yeah. That was like classic. Yeah. And then he wanted to be a broadcast journalist. It was like Heenan, Heenan had. I mean, let's go through the list of who Heenan had in his family. Andre, Andre, Vegas. King Kong Bundy, Haku, Big, Haku, Barbarian, Big John Stud, yeah. Mister Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Um. Till he got the coach, I never understood that. Remember the? Well, coach? that was when Heenan briefly when he went into broadcast and the yeah. coach came out. And then the coach came I out. That but that was when. But that was when Perfect. I think. Yeah, the coach was. Eh, it was alright. That was John Tolos. Yep. I didn't know that. Yeah. Till recently. John Tolos. Yep. Tugboat. Toot toot. I waited for weeks for this Tugboat to read my letter on the air, my yeah. get well letter that I wrote to Hulk Hogan. And he didn't. And he didn't. I didn't hold any animosity towards him because I got a free Hulk Hogan friendship bracelet, but... That's cool. Yeah. Look at the shape he's in. That's not Holy natural God. either, yeah, is it? Definitely Look at... not natural. Holy cow. Superfine was ripped, huh? Yeah. Holy shit. That's not natural. No. Not in the slightest bit. Jesus. 
Look at the veins popping out. I mean, you can get stuff just regular at GNC that can almost give you that look too. But yeah, yeah. Uh, why do that unless you need it? You know, unless you're like a fighter, a wrestler, actor for some role or something like. I don't know. Look like that. No, that's that's you know can't be good for you. That's too much. No. Oh God, no. Kidding can't me? Be good for you. I think that I would I would imagine that attributed to a lot of his health issues before he died, other than the dementia. Maybe dementia too. Maybe. Who knows? You know? I'm not a doctor. There was like, it doesn't look natural at all. No. Whatsoever. No, not in the slightest bit. Not in the slightest not bit. Not that we're saying wrestlers have ever done steroids, but. No, we're not saying we're that not either. We're not implying that. Yeah, we're, no. We're oh. not saying it. Nope. We're not implying it. Nope. We're just saying the guy did well in the gym. Yeah. Naturally. Push-up king. Push-up king. Pull-ups too. Yep. Push-ups, pull-ups. He won the chin-up. Pearls. He won the chin-up cup. Two years in Bench a row. Bench press. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely, for sure. Because we are not doctors. What's up next? What do we got here? Got Heart Foundation. Red Heart. Versus, Bart and the Demon. Bart and the Demon. Okay. All right, the Demon. This ought to be a barn Is burner, he Enhancement? Right? The Demon? Probably. Yeah, I would the imagine. Demon. I don't remember him. Who's Bart? I don't know who Bart That's was. That's an awful name. That's it. That is an, what's, what's your wrestling name? Bart! And what's your last name? Simpson? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Like, what the hell? What's your wrestling name? Bart. Really? Bart Simpson. And the demon. Even Bart Gunn had a last name. Yeah, Bart Gunn did have a last he was name. A what we got here? Badass, right? Oh, look, it's the Mountie. Let's, let's play this. We have to. Officer? Do I look like an officer? I'm the Mountie. And let me see your driver's license. What's your problem? I'm afraid of horses. The Mountie, yeah. Old school. Remember, like remember, remember when the Mountie went to jail when the big boss yes! beat him? Yes, I do. At SummerSlam? I laughed my ass off. That was here. great. That was amazing. That was some fun stuff. Absolutely. I don't want you to do it the New York style. I want you to do it the Mountie style. I want you to shuckle his legs, handcuff him, throw him in the back of your paddy wagon. Like he fucking... He was like, <laughs> he he was giving like the 411 to the cops on how to, how to do their job. And then he got it. And then he got yeah. Then he ended up getting the same treatment, it. and we it was it was hilarious. It was great stuff. It. it was great stuff. We're gonna have to watch that soon because the thirtieth anniversary of that SummerSlam is coming up, and I think uh, I, I think that was the first pay per view we ever watched together. You know that wow. the first one we ever watched together yeah, live. 30th. We've seen tapes and stuff. We go to the store and get tapes, but the first one we ever ordered together wow. was that SummerSlam. That's crazy. Match made in heaven. Match made in hell. Yep. Oh, we looked forward to that forever. Yep. We we were crawling out of our skin for that one. Oh, my God. Yep. Watch it together. What we got See, here? look. Promo on the top. Power, Power and Glory, Glory and the Heart Foundation. Promoting the SummerSlam, right? I don't know if they're... Did, pro- did no, they go oh, at each other? SummerSlam? No, no, no. They, no, this is... De- so, this episode took place December oh, 24th. December, so, then it was, so, they didn't hit WrestleMania. They didn't get to WrestleMania yet, no. But, um, 
I believe that they were I don't involved. This feud. I don't remember much of it either, but I know that that it would eventually involve the Nasty Boys. Cool. I think Power and Glory helped the Nasty Boys get a shot at the titles or something by beating the LOD. They were cool. So then they set up who? Nasty. The Nasties were fun. The nasties were cool. Yeah, the Nasties were fun. I thought they were badass. Yeah, they yeah they definitely yeah they had that 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 badass streak to them. They were they, they were good bad guys, but they were also like fun good guys. You know, they were like, they were the epitome of like how would you how would I put it? Um, they were like Animal House, like the movie yes. Animal House. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were just, they were just fucking wild and crazy guys. Heart Foundation, on the other hand, one of the best tag teams of all time, For in sure. my in my opinion. I'm not a big. I would agree. I'm not. A, I thought they were great. Yeah. And he's just making. Quick work of Bart here. The anvil. Oh, I know who that is. That guy's kind of big, though. That's, that's, um. The enhancement guy. He was, uh, he was, in, he used to be in WCW. He looks And like he also guy. was an enhancement guy. I also think he was in World Class. He was known as Black Bart. Black Bart? He had, like, a little cowboy gimmick, as you could tell by the boots. Was he always enhancement? No, I think he was, like, he a lower card a guy. I don't know who this guy in the mask is, though. All right, imagine if they had a league. With just enhancement talent, was that global wrestling? Not glo- global. Global, global, I do. Glo- yeah, global. Global. Yeah. You know where global? They used to tape those shows. The old Sportatorium in Dallas, where oh, World Class was. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Global was a. I, I used to watch Global in the afternoons. Uh, ESPN. Cool. Three o'clock, three or Very four cool. o'clock in the afternoon. I come home from school. There was wrestling on during the week. Yeah, every that was day. amazing. You know, you didn't have to wait till the weekend. Yeah, yeah it was amazing. You know. I remember very little about that promotion. I remember that, um, who was in there? Um, they had a guy by the name of, I think, Chris Walker, and he did like a Hercules gimmick or something where he had like the leopard tights or something. I he was the barefoot. Patriot the Patriot was from Global. I also remember um, Tom Pritchard used to do commentary for okay. Global, but he did a Roddy Piper like knockoff without the kilt. Uh, because he could do a good Roddy Piper impression. Right. It was kind of it was kind of silly, but you can't. There's only one Piper. No, exactly. There's only one Piper. You're right. Come on. Yeah, that was dumb. And it was dumb thinking that the Hart Foundation were losing this Wait, match here. Dude, oh, speaking of Piper, speaking there of Piper, there he is. Him and Honky Tonk with Vince. We didn't plan that. We no, swear. we did not. That's actually pretty good. Let's hear the commentary on this. What the? <laughs> See, I dig. I really dig how the commentary didn't call them enhancement talent either. No, they just focused. They just focused on the the, the whole yeah. point was to focus on the guy in the in, in the match. I dig that. I wish they would bring some of that. Back. You notice what they have there in between know. Bobby and Gorilla there? Uh, the same thing. The ring with the toys. Yeah. The, yeah, the same thing that's at my desk. All right, not for nothing. I kind of want to play with your action figures. Okay. Here. Like, but I'm not going to because I'm grown. Okay, but I'm I wouldn't just, hold it against you if you decided. I, I'm, I'm just looking at all these action figures, and I'm just saying. <laughs> if I wasn't grown, you know what the funny thing is? Do you want to know something about that? What's that? So, do you ever play with them? Be honest. So, all right, so let me tell you a story. Okay, I so, totally would. When no one was looking, I all right, totally so, would. Hold on, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Gotta get to the you know the big finish. You know, so sometimes you know my laundry room's right over there. 
So sometimes my wife, you know, say to me, hey, did you turn over the laundry? I'd be like, oh, no, I, I will. So I'll go downstairs, I'll turn over the laundry, and then I'll stand in front of my one of my cases over here, and I'll just start pulling a few of them out, just like holding them. And then like, it'll be a while. And then I'll hear, because my bedroom's right over there, I'll hear from my wife. What are you doing down there? Looking at your men? <laughs> I'm like, no. But I really am looking at my men. That's fine. But yeah. That's the closest thing I do to playing with them. I'll pull them out of the case and I'll like, if you know. That's cool. You know? Nah. Another Royal Rumble advertisement. Now, see, here. the adult me can look at them and I'm fine. Right? Yep. If I was a kid... Oh, they'd be all out of the case we, on the floor with the ring, had everything. We'd have had, yep. We'd have booked the whole year. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, you even have the little carts they used to ride on. So those just oh, came that's out. That's really cool. Those just came out recently. You got the little carts. Yeah, they those just came out recently. So they came out, and there was an Andre one, and so I I had a Hogan figure, so I put the two of them in there together. You got the rubber dudes too. And that I was kind of like before us. Yeah. That but was, I, I that collected those us. too when I was younger. I had the I had the rubber LJNs. I don't you have only get those at tag sales. You can find them at tag sales. They didn't have them at Toys R Us. Uh, briefly, them and Ames and Caldors, those know. stores used to have them. But like then they lost the license, and then the Hasbro's came out, and they had the smaller gotcha. ones. But those are the best ones. Do you remember walking down Toys R Us or Ames and looking at for your action figure of choice? Yep, it was amazing. Oh yeah, it was. And I used to and and. I don't know what it was, but I think it was the commercials when they used oh. to have the wrestlers playing with the figure itself yeah. and doing the action. I remember looking for Jake the Snake forever. That was the first one I ever got. Forever. Jake the Snake and Rick Rude were the first two ones I ever got. And then I got Hogan and I think DiBiase after that. Yeah, and some asshole would always like open the package and steal the fake snake. The sna- so I'm like, telling you. Find a Jake the Snake with the snake in a close Speaking package. of which, here he is making his way down the aisle. You want to know something? We did that again. I know. We didn't plan it. We didn't even plan it. That's amazing. We might be on to something here, pal. Um, There was a... um, So I bought a Jake the Snake recently. Or I wouldn't say recently. Within the last couple of years. And it didn't come with a snake. So I'm looking for a snake. I go online. I'm looking for the Hasbro... See, there it is. Right there. Nice. there. I'm going online. I'm looking for the snake. uh, And sometimes... I'm a part of a wrestling action figure group on Facebook called The Era... And sometimes they'll post accessories of Hasbro stuff if someone comes along like and has a bunch of shit that they're going to sell. So I end up finding someone that has the snake on like eBay. And he only wanted like 15 bucks for it. So I was like, that's mine. So when I put that, I slapped it on Jake in the, in the, in the case over there. Nice. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty cool. So I scared the crap out of my sister when I got the Jake the Snake with the snake. The toy? Yeah, and convinced her that my mom let me get a snake. And so she was in back, and my mom was playing along, right? We are in, like, this old-school station wagon, right, of course. Oh, look what we got here. I was like, look. It was kind of funny. Martel. Martel? Yeah, selling in on Jake. Yep. Remember they had the whole thing with the arrogance? Yep, blinded him in the eye. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big deal. And then on the Royal Rumble, they still had him with the eye. I did see that when they were running through all yeah. the guys. Yep. I think he still got it. In the, it. How did he do that? See, look, his eyes all messed up. The left the eye. The contact? How did they do that? I think he did a contact. Did he? Yeah. Okay, that's really cool. Yep. See, going back to your storyline, right? Mm-hmm. What you were saying. See, he's still selling. Yeah. They don't... 
Everybody's selling on here. They're selling the product. They're selling themselves. I don't think they sell like they used to. They don't. They don't because a guy could they could throw a guy off a ladder through fucking five tables and then they'll have him show up the next night on Raw like nothing happened. But even, maybe with a limp but and a bandage. Even Mean Gene coming on promoting the next event. Even Sean Mooney promoting yep. like this whole thing is like a big commercial and it's amazing. Yeah. Oh well, I mean that's Bobby the way it was. That, that's really, the way it was structured care. back then. And you don't even care. Speaking of selling, here we go. This DDT. guy's definitely going to sell the DDT. I think he's going to win now. Yeah. I think I don't think he's getting up. This is over. Crowd's into it. Jake was a man. I love Jake. I wish he would still wrestle. That would be amazing. If he could hardly move, even though he's done all that DDP yoga. He did DDP though. I thought. Yeah, I thought he did he the good. yoga, but yeah, and he's clean, but. Jake was the man, though. Yeah. He really was. Jake was amazing. He should have got the belt. He should have. He I, deserved I, it. I'm not I saying guess he, he didn't, didn't need it. He didn't need it. Because he was so over. Yeah. And then I, I did see in an interview with Jake that they tried to do a program with him and Hulk. Yep. I've heard that story. And then Jake got the bigger pop. That's, so they what, that's, what, they, that's what they say. They say, yeah, they say Hulk and Jake, they tried it. Um. Yeah, the only time I really think that could have worked was when they turned Jake bad when he crashed Macho Man's wedding. Maybe they could have capitalized and done Jake Hogan then, but they went with Jake. They went with Hogan Undertaker. Well, I mean, if he's crashing Macho's wedding, then it just makes sense to put him against Macho. Well, they did, but I mean, even after, but keep it going. Yeah. You know? Oh, they could have kept that one going too. That that that's a, that's those a two together could have ran that like nobody's business. Who him and Hogan, Mach and Jake, they could have kept that going, and we still would have bought a ticket every time. Yeah, yeah, I felt every like that time. got cut short. I I as a kid, I expected that to to culminate at WrestleMania. Those two would have been, but he left, right? Didn't Jake leave for WCW that that's night? But originally, the original plan. So the original plan was Hogan and Flair. For the title at WrestleMania, which automatically means they probably would have done Savage and Jake as the big blow-off as the co-main event. Because they had a couple of matches, you know, and they needed a... But they switched things up. There's been different rumors out there. It was the steroid trial coming up. It was Hogan leaving. It was Hogan and Flair not being able to come up with an idea on a finish. I don't know what to believe, but then they pivoted and they switched to Hogan and Sid, Savage and Flair. They moved to Jake and Undertaker. Sure. Um, so it was... But all I do remember is when Hogan went to WCW, I was more than happy to see that match. And I wish that it would have happened. Yeah. At eight. You, as, even as a kid, okay? Do you remember... Rico Frederico. What a name there. Rico Frederico against Mr. Perfect. It's a hell of a name. That's the main event. On primetime wrestling. Rico Federico. Rico Frederic Frederico. Not Frederico. Frederico. Not Federico. That's all that's so. a, yeah, try saying that three times. Um yeah, that's quite the tongue twister we got there. Rico Frederico. They gave him the main event just for his gave name. Gave him the main event just, just because of Rico Frederico. Just his last name. His last name sold the promoter. Hey, Rico's not too bad either. No. Rico it's not. Frederico. No, Rico Frederico, that's right. I wonder if he ever Watched a Rico Suave video before. I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe not. 
But I think we're winding down here in this uh, this watch line. I think we're down to the end here. This is fun. This has been a lot of fun. This yes, it totally has. Fun. This has been a lot well, of thank fun. Thank you to all your listeners. Oh, for, well, thank you for coming thank on. Thank you for letting me pop my cherry. And oh, also for anybody this, has been, this has been great. It's been a lot of fun. This Christmas in July episode, we've been catching up, talking about our, our childhood and wrestling and watching what's in front of us here, coming up here. we got Mr. Mr. Perfect, Perfect. With Bobby the, the Brain Heenan. The man. Now... He was like seriously one of the greatest ever. He was, and he—that's someone that should have been the world champion in the WWF. Absolutely. He should have had a run with the WWF Absolutely. world title, in my opinion. They really should have put Hogan Flair at WrestleMania because they did not have the same flair. No, oh look at that, George Steinbrenner, former owner as of the did New York WCW. Yankees. There it's he is, Rico Frederico. He looks like he's reaching for a gun, Steinbrenner. Yeah. Or he's making sure that Bobby Heenan didn't pickpocket him. Didn't steal his money. <laughs> yeah, Hogan and Flair should have been a thing at WrestleMania. But Mr. Perfect definitely should have been the world champion. That, 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 that to me, I felt like... they had, He wrestled Hogan a lot. He did. I thought they had great matches, too. They had some pretty good matches. Perfect could wrestle a broom, though. Yeah. And make it yeah, insane. it was. I mean, he his talent was unlimited. I thought Hogan was always great too. I know people always cut on him, but Hogan I had see, a formula that worked for him, yeah. and he 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 had good matches. You he know, waited for his formula as a kid. You waited for it. Oh yeah, the Hulk up the thing. Some but you waited for Japan everybody's formula, though. If you think about it, absolutely, everyone when had Jake a routine. Yeah, come on. Or when Perfect used to bump, like you, like when, like for instance, when nobody per- bumped like Perfect. Oh God, no! When Never. Perfect used to bump, you know, like if he like got whipped into the corner, he'd Remember like the hair. People grab by the hair. Yeah, and then he would like, like do like a helicopter spin yeah, type man. bump. Like it was like, it was something else. It was a shame though that like injuries, kind of you know shortened his yeah. his in ring career, at least in the WWF. It when, happens though. I mean, they're, what, almost 300 days a year? Oh, I mean, yeah, those guys would burn the candle on both ends like it was no tomorrow. Wrestling two times a night sometimes, you know? And then, you know, you can't traveling. Call it and fake. My opinion, no one can call wrestling fake. No. There's nothing. It's an athletic form of yeah. entertainment. Yeah. That's why people say it's sports yeah. entertainment. There's people nothing. hate that word because it takes away the wrestling aspect of it, but it's an athletic form of entertainment. You're professional stuntmen. There's nothing... Our friendship was originally based on wrestling, so there's nothing fake about our friendship. No. There's nothing fake when my dad came home with tickets to the Hartford Civic Center. No. And it's my dad and I going to a wrestling yeah. match. First wrestling match. I know. I was talking, about, I was talking about stories like that with my, with my grandfather yeah. used to take me to the Civic Center in yeah. Hartford. There's you, know? No, you know? There's nothing fake about it. Yeah. You know? There, I, there was a video that came out recently of a comedian that did a stand-up show where he... I don't know if it was a stand-up. Maybe he wasn't a comedian. I think he was like a. I think it was oh, like a oh, oh. motivational speak. Oh, here, here we go. go. Fisherman suplex, perfect flex. Hooked Bang. him with that bridge. And there's the three count. Bye, oh, bye, did Rico, he? Frederico. He yeah, just it's slammed over. his head down. Yeah. For good measure. Mister Perfect was just—he looked like a star. Look at him with the Intercontinental Title. I mean, that's just. Perfect was yeah. almost perfect. <laughs> if you think about it, but um, almost perfect. You know, remember his vignettes? 
Oh, with the, perfect. Yeah, where he, you know, the, the baseball, the baseball hit the home run, yeah. threw the football and caught it himself. I mean, he was great. Let's take a listen one more time here to Bobby and yes. that gorilla. Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, and Brother Love. What about Mr. Perfect? Mr. Perfect's not your friend. You have to pay him. He's too my friend. And he's not too happy about the way you've been paying him oh, either. Oh, you're starting trouble now. No, you're starting you trouble. See, Mr. Steinbrenner sitting there came to see Stop. me, made me an offer, maybe taking over the uh, NY Yankees. You never know. <laughs> see Tom McEwen there from the Tampa Times. That Tampa. was the fellow sitting next to him. Oh, great sports writer. Yeah, I help him write a lot of stuff. He's <laughs> a journalist like me. We, I give him tips. Excuse me. Do they know this? Hey, George. What? Uh, Mr. He's in a baseball side. Get a job away from here. You'd be my third base coach. No, no. I'd no, run you up you. and down that line. No, thank you. I'd have you head first sliding. No, thank you. Wouldn't wouldn't do you a bit of good, brain. Warm up the bullpen, boy. Oh, warm up the bullpen. Huh? <laughs> what an impressive. We want to get our crew all set here. These guys are the best. We want to get a shot of this tree before we get off the air. And, uh, and my gift, this gift coming. Uh, oh, crew! I got something for all of you. Oh, you want to get in your last Joe? No, no, no. Oh, this is going to be good. That's awesome. Well, folks, we've just about reached the conclusion of the special 1990 edition. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, my gift. I'll get your gift. It's not time for the gift. We have lots of time, Brain. We want to talk about next week's uh, New Year's Eve special. Great matches lined up for you right here. 9 p.m. is our starting time. New Year's Eve. Join us right here on Primetime Wrestling. What a lineup we've got coming. The Macho King taking on Superfly Jimmy Snooker. Ooh, yeah. Shawn Michaels against the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase. My man Haku against that uh, submarine hunter. Which I want to see Tugboat. Just say the guy's name. They sell it. Tag team action. The Bushwhackers taking on Rhythm and Blues. And Sounds like a good Mario card. Gennetti. Against the model, Rick. Wow! That's a, a great card. card. That's a good card for 1990. Yes. Who you don't know about yet, but uh, will be coming up uh, very shortly. And I have your gifts. They're right down here, brain. Or gift, I should say. They brought all. Oh, before we go any farther, folks, I want no. the camera guys to get a good shot of what a nice job the brain did yeah, on the tree. Not bad. Take a look at this. <laughs> Give me your honest opinion. That's great. The panoramic view. Wow. Isn't that lovely? Well, you have to understand something. It's a, it's an artificial tree, so I did an artificial job of trimming it. Don't let this guy get anywhere near it. <laughs> that is your great. Problem. Not bad, huh? Keep... Now I'm going to give you your gift first. Close your eyes, monkey man. So many Please. of these guys are gone that were once. It's terrible. Oh, boy, you really uh, outdid yourself, didn't you? Can I tell you something? Heavy expense involved here, right? I had a cashmere coat made for you, but the tailor lost it in shipping. But it'll get here. So so you wouldn't go without nothing? Here, pal. <laughs> you know, have a ball. Your kindness is only exceeded by your inability to adjust. Give me mine. <laughs> well, we've got a couple of gifts here. Some for the, the guys around the studio. That's mine. Just a moment. I didn't say that was yours. The big one's always mine. This is yours. Oh, right I here. want the big one. I get the big one. Nine-tenths of the law. Folks, that's not <laughs> his gift. This is his... Gift is for our custodial guy, Carlos. Some tools for the guy. Bought some. I don't use tools. It's not for you. This is for you right here. Now this is going <laughs> to go to Carlos. The Rolex. What are you doing? Um, are you crazy? Well, you can slide under his door. <laughs> it's going to be a nuts. A Rolex. Who are you kidding? 
That was your gift. Oh no. <laughs> well, tough. Merry Christmas, Carlos. Christmas <laughs> <laughs> intact, believe me. Merry Christmas, everyone. We'll see you all next week right here on the New Year's Eve. Wait a minute, prime time. That was my Rolex. That's great. Wow. That That's was, great. Yeah, that was some fun stuff. Well, I, I appreciate you tagging along with me here. Hey, thank you so much for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you, Nick, for the request. The, it's it's uh, Christmas in July here this week on Kicking Out It Too, and I thought I would uh, I would uh, deliver on your special watch-along request, and uh, hopefully you all enjoyed it as well. Strolling back down memory lane with my good friend Dean and uh, talking about our days uh, as wrestling fans growing up. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. So once again, thank you thank, as well. well I'm, I'm going to have you on you, soon. Thank you to your listeners for having me. Well, that's, you know, I mean, you know, they, they just press play. They don't they don't format the show. So, I mean, uh, you know, but uh, I, I appreciate your, your kindness and your generosity. And we're definitely going to get together soon and do another one of these. I'm thinking SummerSlam 91. Like I said, it was the first time you and I ever watched a live pay-per-view together. So 30 years later, let's do it all over again, but this time make it into a podcast. Let's do it. All right, my man. Let's do it. With that being said, I think it's about that time we put this show down for the three count, and we'll see you all next week.